you certainly want to be good and you want to be right, but we didn't have to be perfect. Again, that notion of being in action, being in motion and creating momentum, uh, there was so much power in that. And the, the, the little setbacks didn't, uh, you know, throw us off of that. So why would two guys leave comfortable jobs, move across the country and start a business in an industry they don't know, a place they don't know, and could it be successful? We're Dale and Brian Carmi. Join us as we share our story and inspire you to become people of impact. Welcome to the Impact Without Limits podcast. Have you ever thought you knew what was going on? and then been surprised to find out what you really needed? Welcome back to the Impact Without Limits podcast. We are Dale and Brian Carmi, and uh, we're going through a lot of our story, and we I think took a little bit of a detour in last episode, but we wanted to get back to kind of where we were starting this new business in Albuquerque, New Mexico, trying to sell fake grass, and some of the lessons we learned along the way. And I know the answer to the question from my perspective, Dale. Um, I remember a time where we were just getting started. We had our office there on McLeod Road there in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we had a little area in the front that uh, we had some artificial, we had turf installed. And we thought it was kind of a showroom looking back on it. It was a it was pretty rough. I remember we we painted those walls. We did the rag paint. Yeah, but we didn't know it how to was rag awful. Paint. We didn't know how to rag paint, so it looked like some third grader tried to paint the walls and didn't do a good job. But anyway, one day we're sitting there, and a gentleman comes into the front room. Uh, I don't know, probably sixties, mm-hmm. and uh, he started to ask some questions about this turf we had on the ground, and. You know, when you're in the hunt, you're starting to get excited. You're starting to feel like, hey, we can got kind of tell. Yeah, you can kind of tell when you've got a live one on by the questions they asked. And this was a live one. Yeah. It's, it's like he starts um, talking about seeing it installed somewhere and asking questions about how much it costs. Give you know, the buying signals. Right. And I don't know how long that went on, but we're feeling like we're on our A game it and we're was, closing a sale here. It was a solid 15 to 20 minutes. We're talking with this guy up in the front room. And then at one I point- I think you started and then I, I kind of wandered my way up and to join in on the conversation. And it was going really well. And at one point I asked a question. I said, so what do you do? And his answer was, oh, I sell this stuff. And instantly you go from thinking, we had had a sale on the hook. We we had one. We were reeling it into the boat. And then we find out this guy was really trolling us. He is out digging for information. Because he's selling for somebody else. Yeah. And you kind of get a little... Angry? (laughs) That's the word. So you're, you're like, what the heck? So the natural next question is, all right, well, who do you sell for? And his answer was... You... And Dale and I were just like, what just happened? And his name was Eli. And I said, Eli, um, uh, we don't have anybody selling for us. And he kind of did his little, <laughs> oh, 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 well, I'm here. I want to I sell for you. I can sell this stuff. You guys need me. I can, I can sell. 
and it's yeah, going to be it's, great. And it, it was interesting. It started this whole conversation we, we had with him about things he'd done in life. And I mean, he was one of the first people selling jet skis uh, out in Hawaii or he, I don't know. It was, it was one of those people where if you talked about it, he had done it. Yes. But I think it was I legitimate. Think he had really done. A lot Sometimes in life you get those questions or you get those opportunities and it's people that have really done it. I think he was one of those people that had really done it. So we have this guy that had been in his own business with jet skis that had done. I, I don't remember the other stuff, but he'd been in sales, been in a lot of new and upcoming areas. And he's sitting there telling us, this is the next thing. And I want to be a part of what you're doing. So we kind of went from this high of having a potential customer yep. to this low of thinking we just got shot by a competitor to this stunned, what do you mean you sell for us because we don't have a salesman, to all of a sudden it swung back around to a bit of an excitement where we're thinking, hey, if this guy with all this real world experience is excited about this, if he's excited about coming on to work with us, this could be really neat, but... There was one little problem. We we wouldn't be able to pay him. We can't right? pay him. We can't pay him. And we just told him, we said, Eli, you know what? You seem like a good guy. You obviously seem excited about the idea. And I think a lot of the things you're saying are right. Like this thing is trending up. We we feel like, hey, there's there's some huge potential ahead, but we can't afford to pay you. And then he hit us with the next surprise, which was, you don't have to. I'll, I'll work, work for a 100% commission. commission. Which, if you're a business owner and you're trying to find a salesman, that is music to your ears. Because you're not paying unless they're selling. And if you structure it right, that's a that's a no-lose proposition. And the, only, the only lose is if the guy goes out and is a total bust and gives you, you know, just doesn't do anything. But um, he, he seemed like somebody we thought could go out there and represent us well. And I'll just take a moment to say, if you're somebody that wants to get into sales... If you go to somebody that you think you'd like to sell for and offer to sell at 100% commission, um, you've got a lot better shot at cracking that. I mean, we weren't looking for a salesperson. It, we it, didn't think we could afford a salesperson. It gives you a chance to bet on yourself. That's right. He, Eli was willing to bet. Not He, he not, wasn't asking us to take the risk. Yep. He was burden, taking the risk on himself because he believed in the product and he believed in us and he believed in his ability to sell. Yep. So, uh, there was one little caveat that came he with did. it and this <laughs> is did, where it is with a catch. Yeah. Eli said, look, I'll come work for you. And we were just well, about, I, I think what happened is we came back, we, we were like, we came back and said, okay, hundred percent commission. Yeah, let's do it. Yep. Eli, let's, let's give it a shot. And he said, well, there is one condition. And that one condition was, he had worked with um, a lady named Priscilla at, I don't know if it was a window company or what they had done, but he said, you need somebody to kind of quarterback this thing. You need somebody in the office to answer the phone. You guys are pulled in a bunch of different directions. You can't do everything. He said, I'm going to need somebody to help coordinate my calendar and get my appointment set up. He said, I need you to pay Priscilla and I don't remember at the time it was probably it, like eight dollars an hour. I think it was eight. And we're like, "Woo! <laughs> well, now that's a big ask." 
So now and we're it looking, was. We're looking at paying somebody what at the time to us seemed like a non-revenue generating. Like this wasn't somebody that was installing that was going to get paid for the labor. This wasn't, wasn't somebody, somebody that was selling. selling. They were in the office just and answering we were, the phone. Yeah, we were paying for Making something calls. that really we could do ourselves or it could go without being done. And so we stressed on that one a little bit. And we said, you know what, Eli, we're going to need to think about this. And he said, look, it's a package deal. He said, it's a good deal for you guys. You're going to love it. Here's what you're going to get. You're going to get Priscilla, who can free up some of your time, give you a more professional image. She can be the the face of the, the business. And then you get me out there selling for you. And it's going to cost you eight bucks an hour and then some commissions on the back end. And so we spent, I think, the next maybe over the weekend, thinking about it. Yeah, we thought long and hard. I, I know. Again, I don't know, 20 years ago, I guess in 2003, $8 an hour was a lot more than it is today. But that was a tough decision for us. We we really went back and forth on it. Remember, electricity's getting turned off. Bills aren't being paid. No money in the bank account. And I, I think that's one where... Um, you know, we just said Eli was willing to bet on himself. Were we willing to bet on our business and and how Priscilla could help us grow? And we ended up taking Eli up on the deal. I think we had Priscilla. I think we met. Actually, I don't even remember if we met her officially before we made the her. decision. But um, we decided to to give it a shot. And I will tell you, you know, we go back to the the question: Have you ever been surprised by what you really needed? I will tell you, we did not know how important that decision was. And and we sit here today, you know, Foreverland's been um been very blessed. I mean, we're we're you know, uh, over a hundred million dollars in retail sales now. We've got, you know, eighty dealers, sixty plus, seventy plus people that work in our home office. I I would go as far as to say, and Dale, you can correct me if you disagree. But I would go as far as to say that would have never happened had we not hired someone to be that office manager. And really, we needed it in that moment. That that was one of those things where at the time, it seemed like a small, inconsequential decision. To, to us, the biggest consequence was paying for it. Yes. But we didn't see it any being any more than just somebody answer the phone. That revolutionized how we saw business, that revolutionized our business, and that changed um, the way we we approach things and, and helped us develop what has become, um, you know, Foreverland today. So, yes, I agree 100%. That was – that made everything that followed possible. And, you know, we we talked a couple episodes ago about the theme of multiplying and multiplying our time. And, and the thing that you – we didn't realize at the time and, – and, you know, again – We've had this unique ability to, to one, not only go through a startup ourselves, but to help, you know, dozens or probably over a hundred other people walk through a startup process in a business. And this is always one of those moments where people look at it and they have a really hard time investing in, and we know we were there, uh, but they have a really hard time investing in something that feels like a non-gen, non-revenue generating position, this office manager, somebody to answer the phone, somebody with the face of the business to help coordinate schedules. It seems like that is, I don't want to say busy work, but it seems like that is not a necessary task. But what happens there is you really end up multiplying your own time. And what we didn't realize was our time was worth more than $8 an hour. But we were spending a lot of time doing those tasks because we didn't have somebody else to do it. 
So in essence, we were buying back our time yep, by paying that $8 an hour. And then we could use that time to go invest in other things. Now, if we had just you know, hired her and we did less, it wouldn't have been probably a worthwhile investment. But what we did is we freed up our time so that we could spend more time moving the business forward. We could spend more time selling. We could spend more time uh, even out on installs running projects. But whatever we were doing, we could be more effective and we could make the rest of the team more effective by having Priscilla. Priscilla was great. The way she handled herself. And I don't know that if we saw Priscilla today, it would be that incredible compared to what somebody else in that role might be. But compared to us, compared to what we were doing, she did give us that legitimacy of a business. She gave us that voice we needed. She gave uh, really a face and a voice to Frevlon. When people came in the front door, they're not looking at the two owners sweating and dirty, running around doing all this stuff. They're seeing Priscilla. And um, I, I just, I can't overstate the power and impact that small decision had on us. And, and then the other side of that equation was Eli. So we have Eli coming in. Here's a guy we didn't really know. Um, we, you know, we met him there in the, the front room and all of a sudden he's out selling for us. And I want to tell you, Eli was great. And Eli was really bad at, at the same time in some ways. What was he great at? He was great at getting out, talking to people, making relationships, and he was great at selling. Yep. What was he really bad at? He was measuring. really bad at measuring. And he'd come back and he'd have the layout. And, you know, I just sold a job, 800 square feet, and our installers would go out and they wouldn't have enough turf. It wasn't 800 square feet, it was 950 square feet. And so that would cost us, you know, 150 square feet might, might have been all of our profit on that. Equate to, yeah, $1,200. Um, on that project and we'd go to him, we'd say, Eli, you can't, you, you got to be more accurate. You got to get it. And he, he would just kind of laugh and he'd say, Oh, it all even out. And in reality, it probably did because he might mess up two out of every 10 jobs. Yep. So we'd have two jobs where we maybe didn't make money, maybe even lost a little bit of money, but then we'd have eight jobs where he sold them and, and we made money. And we kind of realized then you certainly want to be good and you want to be right, but we didn't have to be perfect. Again, that notion of being in action, being in motion and creating momentum, uh, there was so much power in that. And the the, the little setbacks didn't uh, you know throw us off of that. E- Eli also talked a lot about cash flow. Cash flow is king. That cash, was a... Yep. That was a lesson from Eli's father. Cash flow is king. And we kind of pushed back on that a little bit and said, no, you know, profit's important. And he'd say, look, profit's important, but you can always, cash flow gives you runway to get there, gives you runway to get to profitability. And, you know, in hindsight, there have been many times where we operated maybe even for a, a period of time, a job, a week, a month, a couple months, and we were operating at a loss, the but deficit. we did it. As long as there's motion, as long as there's activity, as long as there's cash flow, you can keep things moving. People see and feel activity. Yes. The people on your team feel it. Other businesses that are around you feel it, whether maybe they're they're partnering businesses or things. Customers feel it. They sense it. That's like momentum in a ball game. I just watched uh, a ball game last weekend where a team had a 29-point lead in the third quarter. 
and all of a sudden starts to evaporate and it's going away and you see this shift, you feel this shift and I don't know how you define it. I don't know how you can, can tell, um, what momentum is and, and where it comes from and where it goes, but it's real. And you just watch everything, the, the, the looks in the eyes, the way the team holds their head, the way they're acting, the way they're moving, um, you can feel it switch and business is the same way. You might go, let's just take, for example, you, you had a three week stretch where you lost money, but you were doing jobs every day. People were busy. The installers were out. The office is happening. Calls are coming in, whatever. And if you took that same three week period and let's say you just didn't do anything, you had no calls yet, nothing happened. So on the books, you're ahead because you didn't lose any money. Let me tell you, you're behind because behind. that stale, um, that stillness of not, not growing, not being in action, not building. That's like a poison. Yeah. Well, it's laws of inertia, right? Things at rest tend to stay in rest. Things in motion tend to stay in motion and you need to keep that motion going. And yeah, we look back, we, we talked about the importance of Priscilla and Eli and it, it, they were really good. Unlike, I mean, both of them were what we needed in the moment, but I, I don't want to focus too much on them as individuals. I want to focus on, you know, I, I don't know where everybody's at. And I know not everybody listening to this is, is a business owner. But if you are, I'm going to maybe take a moment to speak specifically to a business owner. You have got to see it. Well, you don't have to. If you want it to grow, you need to see it bigger than just you. And, and for whatever reason, I think that was something Dale and I were always blessed with. I don't know that we understood how. And obviously, you know, I think God had to use Eli to help open our eyes to this. But it's easy as a business owner to think, well, nobody else is going to do it as well as me. Nobody's going to be, you know, and I'm going to get specific with our business, you know, answering the phone. Well, I know the answers. When somebody calls in, I'm going to be able to answer it better than somebody else that, you know, doesn't have the experience or on the sales call. I I can sell better because I know our products better. I can relate to the customer pretty well. I'm going to be the best salesman or install. Like I know how to install and I'm going to be the the best. And maybe you bring somebody in and they're only 75% as good as you are. And the, the truth is, it might be a small step back in productivity or in, in ability initially, but that frees up your time to do other things. And so it's a multiplying effect. So, you know, three people at 75%, if you just do the math, that's 225% as opposed to 100% of your efforts. So it's a multiplying effect. And the truth is in the future, when they stay focused on that, they're going to get better. I know mm-hmm. even early on, we would we would always say, we gave some awful advice to some of our early dealers. Like nobody's ever going to sell as good as you. And we really thought that we thought, you know, you're going to have salesmen, but when the big jobs, the most important ones come up, the owner's the one that needs to close this. And the truth is now we've realized that when somebody comes in and that's what they focus on and they hone their craft and they they spend time learning the products and going through the process, there are so many better salesmen than us in the forever world now. And, yeah, there's a whole nother lesson that comes off of that. And that is nobody's going to have the magic like the owner. But if you have a system somebody can plug into, there are people that are going to operate that system a lot better than you can because they do it day in and day out. So, you know, come back to, to where we started. Have, have we been surprised to find what we really needed? And the answer is yes. So many times we're sitting here, we don't know what we need. Uh, but if you're if you're open, if you're willing to keep your eyes open, 
you're willing to to be in motion, if you're willing to take chances, if you're trusting in that next step, sometimes you'll find that what you need is on the other side of the next action you take. And if you don't take that action, you're never going to know it. Yeah. And, you know, we talked, uh, I think, in an earlier episode about the idea of second level risk, which is not, you know, first level risk is betting on yourself in a new business. Second level risk being betting on other people when you invest in them and hire them. But, you know, we've kind of changed the idea of second level to next level because it continues whatever level you're at in order to get to the level above the next level. And we still have um, countless levels above where we're currently at. In order to get there, it's going to take a step of faith. It's going to take a risk. And sometimes you don't know exactly. I mean, if you knew exactly what you needed, it probably isn't a step of faith. It probably isn't risk. Sometimes you've got to step out and be willing to to give something a shot and see how it works. Absolutely. So guys, do us a favor. Share this podcast with a friend. Uh, maybe take a screenshot. Uh, uh, of the the podcast on your phone and put it out on social media. And if you would subscribe to our email list for podcast updates, we want to keep this coming, hopefully good content. I know we're having fun with it. Hopefully you are too. And we'd like to hear from you. Uh, Feel free to, you know, there's a link in the show notes that you can email us. We'd love to hear your feedback on, you know, what do you like? What can we do better? And how are we helping you make an impact? This is the Fred Carmi reminding you that faith looks up, hope looks ahead, and love looks all around to see whom it can help. Good day.